Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shani, and today, Shani has some very exciting news for you. Yes, I do. Bridget, today is a great day because we have our very first patron on Patreon. Hey. Yes! Marlene, ooh, ooh, or ooh, in Spanish, Marlene, is our very first patron, and we're so excited. Bridget and I uh, were watching a movie the other night, and I just happened to look at Patreon and saw Marlene there. And I was like, oh my gosh. And we screamed. I was like, oh my gosh. Bridget was like, oh my gosh. And so we're very excited. You guys, you are the real MVP. We're so excited. And you we're so excited. are the OG. You're a very first patron. Yes, so thank you so much. Also, I would like to say that we are just finished our movie. We we're screen sharing and it was so fun. It was like we were in the same place again. And... We stayed up for another, like, hour and a half after that, and I was so tired. I think I got, like, two hours of sleep before my kids woke up, and I regret nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So we have some exciting and fun things coming your way, and if anybody else wants to join and become our patron, we'd be excited to have you. We have bonus content. We've got goodies. Yes, all all of our tiers are named after romance novel tropes. And uh, she chose Secret Baby, which means that she's going to get a surprise box in the mail. And let me just tell you that uh, this is this is St. Joe, yo, uh, prude friend. And I'm not using prude in like a mean way, but this isn't your prude friend surprise box. This is your, I like to read, a romance novel surprise box. For, surprise box. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I'm picking Honey, up what you're you putting down, Bridget. I'm picking it up. <laughs> I don't know if the people are picking it up, but they gonna pick it up. They gonna pick it up. <laughs> so thank you so much, everyone who's listening. Um, thank you so much to Marlene. Thank you so much to future patrons. And we are so excited today to dive into Pink Slip by Katrina Jackson. Katrina Jackson is an indie author, and this book is pretty sizzling. All right, you ready, Bridget? Let's get it. Romance. At a glance. Uh-huh. Okay, everyone, for those of you who don't know, Katrina Jackson is an indie author, and this is book number one of the Spies Who Loved Her series. And it did not have an audiobook, so Shawnee actually read a book for the first time Ugh. in this podcast. It was hard. <laughs> I can't read anymore. <laughs> Let's just say that uh, this podcast has taken us extra time to read. Not because this book is hard to read. It comes in at a quick 200 pages. But just because of scheduling issues, I was having some child sleeping issues and teething issues. And Shawnee was having some ability to read issues. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, well, you put it that way, Bridget. Oh, I had to. Uh, so this book is definitely contemporary romance, erotica, and also I would say like um, like spy romance. It's not really suspense romance, but it definitely has that sort of action romance feel. Yeah, it's definitely like an action romance for sure. Um, I do have a few fun facts for you this week, Shani. Ooh, author facts? Let's hear it. Author facts. Okay, Katrina Jackson is a professor, so she only writes on the weekends. Which is like astonishing because she's written and published multiple books. And by multiple, I mean like I think more than 10 now. A professor of what? 
I did not look that up, Shawnee. Why are you why are you diving deeper well, into now <laughs> now we're gonna have to interview why are you her. Doing this? Now we gotta why interview her because I need to know what she's a professor of. I would like to know. Yes, yes, absolutely. Let's get her on the podcast. I'm very curious. Um, the other thing is not so much a fun fact as it is a an explanation of the pairings for the rest of the series because the pairings in this book were quite fun. So the rest of the series features a ton of queer and people of color pairings. Maya who's Kira, the protagonist of this book's best friend, Mm -hmm. ends up in a relationship with Kenny, who is described as Asian-American, who is straight. Shantae is a pansexual hacker. She's in love with Asaph, who we meet in this book, who is also pansexual. Mm. Shantae's childhood best friend is another hacker named Caleb. He will eventually become the pairing with a DEA agent named Lamont. They are both gay. Lamont is Kenny's former partner. And then in a future book, Monica, Lane, and Kira, the sexy threesome from this book, have a steamy foursome with a bisexual spy named Carlisle, whose Mm. spy partner is a main character in the last book of the series, which has yet to come out, and his happily ever after will be with a queer black trans woman. Oh, snap. That's, That's a lot of inclusion. It is a lot of inclusion. <laughs> it is a lot of inclusion. And she describes herself as a queer black woman. Yeah. And so I would assume that uh, a lot of this is just because she, A, is living, you know, a queer life and a person of color life, but also because she has a lot of friends in the various different communities of that, you know, space. And so she wants to see them all represented and probably it sparks her, you know, imagination. imagination. Like, oh, my so-and-so, they met their soulmate. So like, yeah. oh, that's fun. Like I could, I could think up some characters in that space. So I think it's great. I think I really like that a lot of series and romance are always like, it's always like a male, female, every book, or it's always like a male, male, every book, or yeah. it's always like, it, it, it tends to be like one or it's like, and I like that this one, all the pairings are different configurations each time. So it's not even like, like, I just think that's cool. It yeah. also gives it a little spice. Cause I think a lot of romance series get stale. Yeah. I, I think that happens <laughs> all, a lot, especially when you write like 15 to 18 to 20 books. Um, yeah. I do really like that, um, that she is letting the story dictate like maybe the characters and what's happening. Um, sometimes I feel like pairings are forced because somebody is making a point of doing something. Um, and I understand how that can be because I, I remember like a long time ago realizing that, that things were not inclusive. A lot of stories were not inclusive for people who were deaf or had deaf characters and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. I don't remember why I, I was probably watching an interview or something with someone. And it became mm-hmm. like in the back of my head, like my mission to make sure that when I write a story, I have that like that kind of inclusion mm-hmm. in mind. So if, you know, if uh, she's a queer woman and her she probably has a lot of queer friends uh, that they are um, you want to make sure you, your people are represented. And even if it's not your exact classification Right. If you're not trans or this or that, you still very close to the community and want to make sure that you're telling, you know, those stories are getting told. And probably I I imagine that when when, you know, when you get together with your friends and you're talking sex and then you have a friend who's like black or trans and this and that, you're hearing a story of sex that you've never heard before. Like it looks different than the sex you've been having. And let me tell you right now, I want to be in that room like, uh, can you tell me more? (laughs) And what went where? With what? Okay. 
Mm-hmm. And where'd you buy that? How much? $19.99? I'm buying it. <laughs> um, yes, we are the nosiest individuals ever. And yes, we would need to know all of this. Yes, things, all of the details. Sure. Yes. <laughs> and to wrap up my fun facts, she said that this book was came to her in a fever dream. And I was like, yeah, this sounds like a fever dream. Oh, yeah. A lusty, lusty fever dream. That, and I appreciate it. That makes so much sense to me now. And like, yeah, I could see this being a dream. And first all right. of all, when you get the chance to have a fever dream, oh my God, have it. it oh, it's the worst when you wake Embrace up from it. it. Embrace it. Write it down. Never let it go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Make sure you finish. Yeah. Finish the dream. Finish the dream. Finish yourself. <laughs> Kill anyone who wakes you. Yes. <laughs> all right. Let me tell you a little bit about Pink Slip. So Pink Slip is centered around Kira, who is a poor poet who just finished her master's degree and, like many of her friends, takes an assistant job to pay her rent while writing. And she gets taken to a warehouse with a blindfold and across from her is Monica, who is the other female protagonist of this. And Lane is standing sort of right behind her. And they are married spies who are looking for an assistant. And they both all three of them immediately feel like the lust at first sight. And everybody's like looking at each other's lips and licking them. And Lane is drawling like, hey, sweet girl. And I was like, oh, my word. (laughs) So she takes the job and spends three years not only lusting after Lane and Monica, but also wearing like the most provocative outfits that she could possibly wear. Oh, yeah, dressing for them. And (laughs) trying to tempt them and dressing up for them. Um, and finally, she decides, like, this. I got to stop. The, I have to quit this job. I got to leave. It's never going to happen. They're never going to, you know, be with me. And I can't take anymore. And meanwhile, they're incredibly depressed that she's leaving because they think they can never have her. And uh, because of their spy lifestyle, they don't want her to be in danger. But in the last week of work, she's whisked to Serbia where she is needed for an operation to take down... An evil dictator who it turns out is into menages. And so that is how they are going to get him by being a menage at a menage club. Um, Shani, please start. Please. All right, Bridget. So I have to start off with saying that I am, I thought about this for a while. I have to structure the way I talk about this podcast differently, um, mostly because. I think I don't want to have the same standards necessarily for newer indie authors as I do for authors that are like really well established, have been around for a lot of years, have written, you know, hundreds of books and that sort of thing. And I think have a professional editor and have a professional editor and have all the things. Um, So I'm going to say, I'm going to preface it by saying that, right? So I'm, this is by an indie author, and so there's. Um, I'm going to treat this a little bit differently. Um, and in general, moving forward, I think I'm going to try to separate which books are, you know, wh- where, where, and where they are in their timeline, where they are in their growth process. Um, so I had to get over a, a lot of grammatical errors in this book. That was mm-hmm. my that was my big thing off the bat. I was like, there are too many errors um, in this book, but I have to say. These are the worst spies ever. I mean, like, I... <laughs> that was Shani, all... if you're reading this book for the spying, you're reading it for the wrong okay. reasons. So, no. You of all people, I you thought know would me. be over the moan by the sex. I the am there for the sex. 
I am really there for the sex. However, you all, I'm also a hyper-literal person, right? I think it's a part of my weird personality. Um, things have to make sense in your book still. It can be weak, but they still got to make sense. I think this author did herself a service, though, because when she put things in her book that were just ludicrous, she said it. She had the characters say it. Like, insert ludicrous thing, and, the, and one character would be like, oh, my God, that's ludicrous. And you'd be like, at least, she, at least she as the author knew that the thing she just wrote made no damn sense to, to life. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought she was, I, th- I thought she banged that out. Um, but I, I, I did not at all buy the premise of the story. And I think that, for me, it could have been saved by some good sex scenes because I would have been like, you know what? fuck it, the sex is good. Like, I ain't here for these other chapters. Let me just scroll to the sex or whatever. Uh, but I feel like you sold me the hottest sex scenes of all time, Bridget. And yes, there was a strap-on involved in one and some stuff that I was like, ooh, I've never seen this before. And let me come out as a poly person. I have two partners that I've had for um, a while now. So I am a person of color poly person. Um, but uh, I... So I I was excited about this menage. You know me. I was like, we have not done menages. So this is this like... This is a thruple. This is it's a th- not even a menage. Is, it's a Yes, thruple. it's a thruple, right? So so I was excited. I was excited. I saw the strap on. I was excited to see the dynamic between them. And But I was like... I was like, Katrina, give me more. Like the sex scenes were like... go. They were starting. And right when I felt like they were going to get good, they were just dissipating into the next chapter and i was like wait 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 go you know and i was just like oh my gosh there so so i wanted so much more from the sex in this book i wanted it uh i just needed more i just needed i just needed there to be more sex and i needed the sex to ride and and burn more than than it did i wonder if you had listened to this book because you haven't read a book in a long time if you had listened if you would be having the same reaction because that is a very good question i suspect that you read it slower than you would like consume an audiobook i read fast i mean i read faster than an audio but i mean but like you would have listened to this audiobook like in a stretch or in two stretches because it's a pretty short book yeah whereas like the book took you like multi you were reading like a chapter or two at a time yeah, it took me like three hours maybe to read this book. Right, but over the course of a week, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, not yeah. over the course, not over, over the course of no, like over the a cor- day. Over the course of about two days, probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's my thing about it. I just loved the like fun and the fast pace, and I loved the like anticipation. Like I knew right off the bat when Lane and Monica were fighting and then they were about to fuck, and he's like, do you want me to fuck you while she's getting everything organized the way you like? I was like, oh, hells yes. Oh, hell. Like, so I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. uh, yes, I do. Thank you. Um, so I just like, I just loved, you know, I love dirty talk, and I love all like the anticipation. So like yes. all, all of them at like, all of them, I mean, there were so many moments of them where they were 
on the verge of having sex or on the verge of like, you know, their hands are sliding down her thighs or up her thighs in the, the sex clubs, or they're like licking her nipple through the shirt, or they're pr- like talking about and prom- Like that shit is my goddamn catnip. Hate cats, but it's my catnip. Well, I thought like one of the strengths of this author was the fact that the premise of this story to me was new. Never read a story like this. So mm-hmm. off the bat had so much potential. When you told me mm-hmm. just the setup of it, the husband and wife spy team and the secretary, I was like, I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> or whatever. And and I thought that she did a really good job with setting up um, the the foreplay and the tension mm-hmm. before sex scene. I think those are her killer strengths. The fact that she has ideas that other people don't have and the fact that she can really get into a sex scene. But I thought that it was the finishing of the sex scenes that left stuff to be desired, like how the sex scenes were ending or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just the execution of the story, which I really, 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 Bridget, feel like could be fixed by having a good editor. Like, I think, you know... I'm sure it, I'm sure it yeah. would have. I mean, for sure, if you have someone who's a professional at editing books, they're going to be like, hey, here are the 10 things that you need to figure out and rewrite me a chapter on, and like, or fill in this section or whatnot. Like, for sure. I mean, yeah. a professional editor... I mean, there's a reason that it's a profession. Like, and they, I mean, they they always say like you find your movie in the editing room, and I think yeah. the books are the same. Like, you find it when you're doing your fiftieth revision, but it's so hard when you're editing your own work versus someone else looking at it with fresh, like, different perspective. Like, they don't have the characters in their mind, so they're like, "Hey, it's not on the page. It's not on the page." So I do not disagree with that. I think any indie author, uh, you know, would always benefit from having an editor so i felt um the other thing i i felt a little bit of when i read this book was um i remember when i was like 15 and i was writing fan fiction online uh, and that was yeah. like before before it was a thing to be like you know online i was <laughs> this is i don't know how many years ago at least i don't know 20 years ago um and you take a story that you want to hear and you put all the things in it that you think are cool they don't mm. all always belong in the same story per se, but you're just like, I'm writing this. I'm going to do what I want. So mm-hmm. this a little bit feels to me like, so the fact that you said it's a dream, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. To me, this feels like a story that you write for yourself with all the things in it that you want to see in a story. Um, I needed the the sentence structure of the um, of the descriptions and things like that to be a little less uh, simple. I found like just just technically. There was a lot of very simple sentences, things that could have been combined so that I was reading less and in a, a way that flowed a little bit better um, for me. And that that's hard for me to ingest a story when when I'm shuffling through grammar or very wordy things. It just takes me out of like the imagination of it. So I had a hard time just really getting into the groove of the story. That was that's just a technical aspect. But then that's so honestly, that is so funny to me, Shawnee, because I obviously read because you listen, but like I read you read a lot. I had no problem with it, probably because I read so fast and I read so much that I was like, I was fine with this is such a it was such a fast read for me. So I was. But I think partly like people read and they glaze over things. You get the gist of sentences when you're 
when you. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure because I'm so used to it. I'm not reading every yeah. word. I'm reading a whole sentence at a time. So I didn't. That didn't bug me at all. But so, I am. But I'm coming um, from a place where like I have forgotten how to read. Like yeah, listener, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Bridget and I have had this talk. I don't know if I've had this talk on the podcast. But I've been listening to audiobooks because I started commuting about three hours to school almost every day. I started listening to audiobooks. Right. It was like started with like Harry Potter. And then after that, so that was so many years ago now. After that, I just consumed every book in audio form. And if I was reading anything, there were short articles or things like that that didn't require a lot. But now when I picked up my first like full-length book again in a long time for this podcast, and I came to Bridget the next day and I was like, Bridget, I cannot read. I cannot get through this book. I have lost the ability to like ingest large amounts of information in this form. Um, and so this is just, the, I think, the second book in this entire podcast that I've actually sat down to read. And I'm yeah. not reading it like I used to. I used to read like you do, where you're speed reading yeah. and, and ingesting the information. I'm reading it sentence by sentence. I'm reading yeah. every bit of it. So it is a lot more jerky of an ingestment of information. So sure, I, I will sure. give, I will, I will submit that <laughs> to, the, to, the, to the universe. To the universe, <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, but in general, like, Still, there was a couple things that just did not make sense for me in the story. Okay. Again, tell I me love. What, tell I, me what. Tell me what didn't make sense for you. Okay. Let's talk about it. Because I my, love when you have things about stories, and I'm like, what story did you? Read? <laughs> so tell I, me. I know this is supposed to be a fun light read. So I will preface yes. it by saying I do know that. However, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love how however just erases what I just said before. No, it really yeah. is. Um, and but they're spies who she's okay so if you set rules in your world you have to abide by them if you set your characters to up to have certain characteristics then when they do things that are out of character it looks weird in your story to me i'm just like mm-hmm. i'm just like what like why like i don't understand <laughs> so okay. the fr- it first started for me and why i say worst spies ever is because they uh let's not even talk about the hiring process of it all but let's say um, she sets it up that Monica and Lane are super methodical spies. I mean, they don't let anything get by them. They're super on top of everything. They're like what they do. They're like, they're like ninja assassin precision. Right. Okay. And she sets up, um, Kiera to be the most professional secretary besides her, her fantasies that are going in her head. Those are her own. But what she presents to them is a super professional Everything is uh, where it's supposed to be. She thinks 10 steps ahead of them. She's all, she loves the fact that she's able to do this for them. She sets up that, that as her personality and what she's, you know, who she is. So, mm-hmm. one, just the fact that they take her on this trip and they're like, surprise, you're going to be part of our mission and we didn't tell you about it or brief you about it or give you any facts or anything, to me was like, what? Like, that one, that just don't make no sense. <laughs> It just, uh, I was like, I, okay, okay, all right. So I'm still trying to go with it, you know, or whatever. And then um, Kiara asked the question, which the author wrote, which is, uh, why wouldn't you get a spy? And I'm like, yes, thank you for writing my thoughts. Why wouldn't you just get another spy? Well, we don't work well with others. What? What spy is like, oh, we took you as a civilian who knows nothing, and we're going to take you into the most deadly, dangerous mafia in Serbia, like, menage bar. It, we don't work well with other highly trained professional spies. So we're going to take you, Karen. We're going to take you, old Susie Q over here. What? <laughs> like, I was like, 
if they like if they had been an accident if they weren't supposed to be at a menage place and they had they she had just gone to be backup and they weren't going to a menage place they were doing something else and all of a sudden it the plan flipped on a dime and then she got thrown into having to be in in it that makes sense to me but the fact that they already knew when bringing her there that this was going to be the outcome of what happened i was like oh okay like so i already was in a state of like i okay well this i just you just took me out of the rules of your of your universe they are super methodical this is not a methodical thing to do as a spy that so that was my first like oh (laughs) no i mean so monica is super methodical I mean, she does describe the reason why they can't find an assistant is because she's very, like, methodical and he's yes. very, like, double-may-care. Yes. Um, and so, but they also talk about, I mean, like, they, yes, she's been a great assistant. Yeah. But also she is trying to seduce them at all times yeah. and is constantly, like, masturbating in the bathroom at lunch and, like, they know it and she is, like biting her lip around them and like visibly lusting after them. Yes. So I wouldn't say she's that professional, but she is good at her job. I do think, I mean, but that is different. I think I thought there was something about the reason they didn't brief her ahead of time is cause like she doesn't have clearance. So they've only told her what they can tell her. Yeah. That's why I said the author writes in these like explanations for things that don't make sense. But again, they don't make sense. They should have but brought it, a professional spy. Okay. I mean, but you know, well, I'm, but, but remember, I'm hyperlytical, literal. Like the story still has to make sense to me for me to buy. The I mean, it does. Story. Make, it does make sense. They don't trust other spies because spies could be bad people and crafty, but they trust her, and so they bring her. Solved. Also, no, they bring it's her not because so- no. Also, Shawnee. No, no. <laughs> I, I love this book. By the way, <laughs> also they. Bring her because they want her. I know, Bridget, but still, worst spies ever. They're trying to sex not, her up they, on they a spy mission. They are trying to sex her up. I'm okay with it. It worked out well I, for everyone. I'm okay they with do, it as well, but it needed to be a different explanation for why she was there. It needed to be where she was thrown into it and not that they had these methodical spies had planned to surprise a civilian with the most dangerous mission. She's not a sub. I mean, she's a civilian. She, she is, is a, a civilian. civilian. She's a secretary. She well, it wasn't. Do. I don't she think it was supposed what they do to be dangerous for her. And then at the end of the book, they brought in all these other characters who were also who were female or female presenting or whatever, who who they trusted enough to bring in for other things that they didn't bring in for this. Well, Shantae is a hacker, <laughs> so she could not have been at this sex menage club with them. I see. I see. <laughs> Um, who else did they bring in who's a female spy Maya's not a spy Maya's just her roommate yeah is there, who's the other female is there another female character in this book I feel like they talked about another character maybe they did but I don't know but either uh, way I did not I did not have a problem with that here's the yeah. thing Johnny when you read a book you just have to embrace it I mean you read historical novels that have African American characters Never. Who are doing all kinds of cool things. I wish. That they no, no. Probably, 
<laughs> but this could, this is wish fulfillment. Yes. This book is not about spies. Exactly. This book is what? about a thruple. Okay. <laughs> this is not. A, did you miss that? This book is not no, about I am spies. Forgi- Listen, I am forgiving so much about this book because it took uh, leaps that I haven't seen in an- other books. Right. So yeah. I, I actually like this book because the premise was so good. And because it was fun. She, there was a strap on. I mean, there I, was a strap. on. I, I gave it a point because I was like, there was a strap on. And I've never read any story ever that there has been a strap on. Right. In, in romance. I won't say erotica, but in romance, you know. And a strap on from a female character, not to another female character, but to a to male, a male character. character. She pegged him. And I was like, yes. I am for mm-hmm. this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually have, like, the utmost hope for this author, like, in general, just, like, like I want to see her succeed because I need her to succeed. <laughs> like, yeah. I need her to succeed. Um, but, uh, but there's just... Uh, but I still can't overlook certain things in a story. It's just, it's just how my brain works. As soon as, like when I watch a movie, I'm the person who's like, that's a plot hole. Well, that's a plot hole. That, I can't enjoy it when I see all the plot holes. And so for me, there, there was a lot of plot holes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did enjoy the sex scenes. I just thought that they could have gone further. Um, and, in fact, because they were so sexy to begin with, I didn't imagine they were going to fade to black like they did. I was like, wait, it's over? Like, uh, like, what? Huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. What did you think? What did you think about the dialogue? Like uh, the differentiating of the characters, the way they interacted and like flirted with one another. Oh, so so relationships. I, I thought that the author writes. Uh, I like the way she writes dialogue. I like. Um, I like that they were funny together. I like that their dialogue was in character character um i did think that there was a couple weird things about about uh the way uh kiera was reacting after she found out about the mission and stuff she went into like this like pouty childlike mode that didn't Mm -hmm. i did not enjoy at all it it really actually annoyed me um to her character um but in general i thought that this author she's only going to get better and better at writing dialogue it it's it she's good at it that's, yeah, that's I really of, liked it. That's one of her strengths. And I actually wished that she had written less description and more dialogue because she because the dialogue was so much better than when she was trying to explain what a what a situation looked like. She could almost yeah. probably have the characters um put some of that description in what the characters are saying versus just like you know, writing it all. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the I also really liked the way that the like, I feel like the danger of writing a menage or a throuple would be having each relationship with the other characters be the same. Or, like, the way that Kiara reacts to Monica is the same that she reacts to Lane is the same that Monica and Lane react to each other. And I thought, like, I could easily tell you the differences between each dynamic and how they function, like, separately and then sort of as a unit. Like, Monica is clearly the dom of both of them. Yeah. Like, she's the apex predator. And, like, Lane, of course, is, like, the easygoing, charming, like, always flirting, always, like, sexual innuendoing, always just, like... they had a great dynamic. The two of them had, for me, a great dynamic. Yeah. And then Kira came in and was, like, getting under Monica's skin and, like, pushing all her buttons and, like 
kind of like a submissive, but also like pushing back, like pushing her to dominate her more and stuff. Which yeah. I, like I liked, and then I also liked that the way she wrote how Lane really enjoyed how she pushed Monica's buttons and that Monica was like opening up more for her. And like, I, I, I thought that was nice. Cause I, I mean, I, I, I highly doubt I'll ever be in the situation where I'll be in a, in a throuple <laughs> we can only hope. with my, with my husband, but, um, cause he is not the throuple type, but I also don't know that I, I also don't know that I would. It's a lot of work. I don't, yeah, in a throuple, like, I don't know that I could, I think I could do, like, a poly-separate situation. Yeah, like, like a V. Like you've got going on. Yeah. A V, where I'm the middle. And, yeah. But I don't know that I could do, I mean, maybe. I mean, like, in, like, you know, potential land that we're living in, maybe. I still think it would be a lot of work, and I have kids, which I feel like would be, like, a whole other bag. But the throuple thing, I think I would worry about, like, managing or, like, the other emotions of the person. Like, how do they feel that now I'm kissing this person but not them? Or, like, like, how much is too much attention on one person? I thought she did a really good job of of balancing the, yeah. the characters. Which is a very real thing, let me tell you. Because the first time my partners came into the same space together, other than, like, seeing each other when I'm leaving one to go to another or dropping me off or, or that sort of thing, there, they would just, like, shake hands and just be like, hey, what's up? Um, but when we were actually at an event where we were staying, all three together, that was the most awkwardest moment for me in my polyamory journey. Um, because I was like, oh, who, who do I sit next to? Who do I... Mm. Who Things are seen as almost can feel hierarchical. I don't even know if I'm saying this word right, but they can feel like there's a hierarchy when, sure. um, you know, depending on what you do. If you sit with this one, can you kiss this one? Can you hold hands? Can you do this? Whatever. And I, I remember just being there just like, oh, like wanting to disappear and sink into the sofa because I did not know yeah. how to effectively manage that. And I realized later, I kind of just came up with a rule for myself, which is just like when... Uh, when they're all when they're both in the same space, I generally am not affectionate to either one of them. Um, I will give them a hug, like greeting. So when when I'm going from one partner to the other, I'll hug the other partner or whatnot, and I'll hug the other one goodbye. But I'm generally not like overly affectionate. Also, I'm not a PDA person. I never was. You're really not. Yeah. yeah. So so to me, to kiss someone in front of anyone, like if I, to kiss Brendan goodbye in front of you, is is awkward to me in general. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, I do remember that. Uh, Instead of being like, huh, where do we put your hands? What are we, what are we gonna do? Um, I feel like I'm the opposite, and I'm like very handsy <laughs> and affect and affectionate, and I feel like I too would be like, okay, but if I kiss one, then I have to kiss the other one, and then if I kiss, which is like all in my mind. It's all in your mind. Yeah, it's all in Ma- your mind. You know what I mean? But I I did appreciate the way she wrote it, and actually I did read one of the yes. subsequent books, and in the subsequent book, um. Kiera says something about being like worried that her relationship is different um, with one of them. And Lane's like, of course it's different. Like my relationship with you is different than my relationship with Monica. And you're like, that's the way it's supposed to be. We're all different people. Yeah. And I was like, that's nice. Like I like the, cause I think it would be, it, it would have been a bad book just across the board. If they, every interaction between 
each pairing was the same. Yes. I do agree with you, though. I did think that Kira got a little bit sort of, like, petulant. But, again, I have read a subsequent book, and that's just her character. Like, she is with them. She is just – that's, like, her dynamic of the trio is that she is kind of, like, a petulant – like, she becomes sort of the button-pushing, like – Mm, but why am I not getting my way? Like, I'm going to flounce around in these tiny outfits until you, like, you know, give in or until you set me straight or until, you know, like, that's sort yeah. of her dynamic So they, they have a thruple, but they also have, like, a kink dynamic as well that feels a little bit like um, Kiara is, like, um, a brat, right? Which is... Yeah. So I've seen this before. I've seen this at um, my dungeon where there are, there are couples who take on a third... Uh, and they both are dom to that third. So you might have like, um, you might have a woman who's a dom and her, her partner or husband is the submissive. And then they take in another third person and they both dom that that submissive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what this feels like when as I read this book. Um, and And that submissive might be a brat. So somebody who gets joy out of acting out and getting punished by the other people and pushing boundaries so that they can get punished and and whatnot. That's their dynamic. So she actually, to me, this one does feel like a kink dynamic. And two, um, she definitely feels like a brat uh, to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's half the fun. She's like, nah, 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 nah. And they're like, yeah, you gonna get it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And she's like, yay. (laughs) I wore my sexy pants. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about when they when that guy called her a pet? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and she was like, "How dare you call me a pet? You have to ask me first. <laughs> yes, I thought that was so funny. I thought it was funny, but I also thought it was like one of those things where he was like, "No, it's for the mission." And she's like, "No." And I was like, "I was like, you're on a mission. Like, no matter what this is, you're still. You guys are still on a spy mission. Like, shut the hell but up." She's. You but pet. she, again, <laughs> to your original point, she's a civilian, so she's you know. not, like, used to setting aside all of her feelings, and, like, she's been lusting after them for so long yeah. that I actually thought it would have been weirder if she was just like, okay, I'm spy-focused. Like, yeah. she doesn't give a fuck about this. She just wants to get in their, <laughs> she just wants to get in their bed. It's true. I actually, but I actually thought it was funny because he, when, when they do call her pet, um, a lot of times pet is seen as such a good thing in kink. And if you're submissive and a, and a brat, not everybody likes the name, the word pet, but it's actually a lot of people strive to be a pet. So it's kind of like, I was like, shut up. That's what you want. That's what you, that's what you want. <laughs> well, yes. and it did, pro- and pet it me. did, pro- it did protect her later when the Serbian guy came over and she was like, I don't know about where you come from, but in America, you have to ask to touch someone's pet. And I was like, first of all, that was quick thinking. Cause yeah. I would have, Shat myself. And secondly, uh, way to turn the tables on the whole pet thing. Really? But, what, like, way to have quick thinking after having, like, the dumbest thinking of all time, which is, like, hey, I'm going to have you. So the spies are like, hey, uh, Kiera, we're, we're going to have you swallow this tracking pill. We're about to be with the most dangerous mafia guy in Serbia. And he's been watching us and following us and tailing us. So just in case anything happens, we want you to swallow this pill. It's very dangerous out here. It's a Kiara three days later. Oh, I'm so bored. You know what? I'm going to go walking by myself. And I'm not going to take this, uh, swallow this tracking pill. Um, and yes, the most dangerous people are following. But you know what? I really want to see some art. What? Like what? 
What? Come on, Bridget. I mean, come on, Bridget. No, Bridget. Come and on. Then, and then she, it's dumb. It was dumb. <laughs> it was and then she immediately, and then she immediately gets chewed out by them. And then she immediately <laughs> says, "That was really dumb. I, I didn't think he would care about me." <laughs> and like she says, "I was dumb. I'll never do yes. that." I mean, like again, like she's a civilian. I, I got it. I mean, Bridget, yes, put I your- think, I no, I think it was dumb. Yeah, I think she was dumb to do it, but I also think it was in line with her character in the sense that she's gone on missions with them before and she like goes to the village and gets the fruit and she like, so she, she's like never had to be concerned for her safety. And so I could for sure see where like three days later, you're just like, well, I'm just going to go for a walk. Cause like, look at us in quarantine. People are doing fucking crazy things cause they haven't left their house. Like I know I'm in Florida. So. <laughs> I could see, I could see, I mean, it was, I again, like you said, like, she explained it later, and her character did get in trouble in the sense that, like, she almost got attacked and raped by that dude or kidnapped or whatever, and then Lane and Monica really, like, ripped into her. They weren't, like, nice about it. Yeah. They were but, like, what the fuck are you doing? So, I mean, I was okay with it. Yeah, but I... It was see, dumb, but my, I was okay with it. I thought it was dumb as hell. I also thought it was, like, I didn't think it was good writing in that, like... Because I didn't think it was in her character. She's a methodical secretary. She's on a mission that she knows is dangerous. And she has one job, which is to support these two spies. Her going out for a walk and not being on call, not having a phone, not having the things she needs to get in contact with them. Not having a phone was kind of dumb. doesn't make sense. It does not make sense to the story to me. Um, Like, it's just, it's not that she couldn't have gotten into a position where he meets her. It's just the, the way that it happened needed to be in alignment with what makes sense to the story. That's my, mm-hmm. like, my kind of gripe on that or whatever. Um, I hear that. It's, I, I just, I mean, things, like, again, it's kind of like, it makes sense that it's like a fever dream. You dream this, you're like, I gotta write this. Oh, my God, this is so sexy. I don't care how they get there, but you know what? She's gonna end up with them on a spy mission. Boom, it happens. Great, they're banging. There's all this sexual tension. Boom, bang, boom, 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 boom. You know what? We need her to get threatened so that, they can realize how much they love her. Okay, just get her in that situation any way possible. Like, just give well, me there it just give me reasons, and I'll follow you on your journey. Just just make it make sense, and I will go down any rabbit hole an author writes for me. But just make it make sense, please. I have a question because you are not into PDA. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts about the sex club? Oh fuck, I love it. Well, one, I thought it was hilarious how the way they described it, which I did really enjoy, which is like, because I was expecting when I heard Sex Club that it was going to be this nice, opulent, posh thing. And she was like, this is a fucking bathroom stall, dirt hole. I thought that was funny, though. Like, she's like, I thought a sex club would be nice. That's my That was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I definitely did. Um, There was actually this one. Thing Lane says, oh, I wish I, I had wrote it down, but he says something in the in the beginning of the book, and it's the most black girl line of all time. I'm like, yep, a black girl wrote this. <laughs> it was just like a phrase, a phrase that we use very frequently, yeah. and but it's coming yeah. out of Lane's mouth, and I was just like, I was like, this does not seem quite on brand for him, but I'll give it to him because uh, when you have a brown like wife or par- any partner, it doesn't matter which, yeah. but who's not who's not the same as you, you pick up the catchphrases. You know oh, what I mean? Sure. So, <laughs> for sure. So, for like, sure, I say sure. it all the time, like, that ain't the business. Like, no, that's not the business. And my partner says it now all the time. 
He's like, but, yeah. it, but it works so well. He's like, I tell people that at my job all the time. That ain't, that ain't the business. That ain't the business. I like the one you told me. You better snatch my name out of your mouth. I think that's the best one you've ever told me. I think that's, you better snatch my name out of your mouth. I don't know what cause I'd ever have to say that to someone, but it's ready. It's in the back of my mind. and It is fucking ready, locked and loaded for the perfect moment. Yeah, that was one thing. I didn't catch that line by Lane. But I, that's one thing I liked about the fact that this clearly was written by someone of color because yeah. a lot of the stuff that Kira was saying, I was like, oh, I've heard friends of mine say that or say something similar to that. Yeah. And I oh, I feel like you can always tell when an author is like trying to be hip in a culture that is not something that they're familiar. Even if like, like I feel like if I was writing a character of color, I would obviously have someone like read it who was of that that group to you know sensitivity readers a a sensitivity read quality read yeah but anyways i feel like i have i have had enough exposure with different groups of people being from chicago living in la having the friend group and and husband group i do but that i would be fine but i also can tell a lot of times when i'm like oh but you don't you maybe live in a part of the country that does not have that diversity or maybe you just don't have that in your friend group or in your work group or whatever. And like, you're writing it based on like sitcom characters, (laughs) um, not real people. Yeah. So actually, I I really liked that. Yeah. Actually, when you say like sitcom, that's kind of what this feels like. Like when I really think about it, this feels like a sitcom of a story. Because of the way things happen and the way they get into these precarious uh, situations yeah. so quickly. Yeah. In a sitcom, you have to get in quickly. So you got to get in and gotta, get out. You know, um, but that's what this feels like. This book feels like a sitcom. Because every time we read a book, we're like, oh, what is this? A romantic comedy? What is this? This is a sitcom. That's what this this book is to me. You also don't read a lot of action I, romance, right? I do not read a lot of action romance. No. Because I also feel like this is a very like action romance style yeah where it's like the books aren't 500 pages they're like 250 max and the story like moves because the whole point is that the story is like a vehicle for the character's relationship yeah and so i feel like this to me felt very much like in that genre um with like some good comedy sort of quips in there yeah i i mean i want to see her write more dialogue i i did enjoy i enjoyed her jokes i enjoyed the the like snazziness you know, uh, the, the, the sarcastic remarks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, of the two. I really loved Monica and Lane. I, I want to. Yeah. I'd like to know more of their story. I actually wish there was a prequel um, that, oh, interesting. that would tell me more about uh, Monica and Lane. Um, instead of, like, the description being in, in uh, Pink Slip, if they just had, right. if they had their own book or uh, even a short book, a 100-page thing yeah novella sort yes of that explains them because they have they have a nice kinky dynamic too i would like to they hear some of the nice shenanigans that those two are getting into outside of being in a thruple so yeah um so i did like well, that. there is a book where they have a foursome shawnee what, what which book is that one <laughs> it's 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 I, I think it's the third or fourth book in this series yeah it's the three of them plus another agent yeah part of me like i want so badly to like Go to Katrina Jackson's house and like just be like, let me just tweak some things. <laughs> let me just, I got you. We got, let's let's just do this. We are gonna bang out some things. One, I'm gonna help you do your book cover. I'm gonna help you do your book cover. And I'm gonna teach you about a drop shadow. We're gonna drop shadow this shit. 
<laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even talk about the book cover. I thought the uh, the girl in the front I thought was like super hip. Yeah, it was a great pretty. picture. Great picture of her. Yeah. I like totally got the vibe. I was like in for it. I do agree with you. It was a little hard to read the text, um, but I, lo- I really loved the image. It I did my too. Eye. And, I mean, I bought it in the bookstore at uh, the Ripped Bodice in LA, so it caught my eye, and I was like, "This book looks dope." Yeah, I'm gonna read it. The, the cover itself actually almost made me think I was at, like was going to read a different book. Like, but it was really cool. I thought she was the the model, whoever it was. I don't know if, if it's a friend or like stock image. But it didn't matter. She just looked like she exuded. She exuded that, like that sexy, confidence, carefree. yeah, Ooh, and carefree yeah. and fun. And she looked really fun. fun. Like you wanted to go on, yeah. on an adventure with her. So I like that yeah. a lot. Um, I like the title of the book, Pink Slip. Um, the like technically the color pink does not translate well to Kindle, um, and so uh, yeah, black it, and white. It, in black and white, it you. I couldn't even hardly see the pink slip, the title of it. So in that case, I mean, just as a technical, you need like a drop shadow or something behind it. I don't know who's designing the books, but I do deal with a lot of indie authors um, when I was in the audio, the audio space, um, recording audiobooks, um, And a lot of people are doing things on their own and you need, you need like a second eye. Like you need, um, and not, I would say like get your homegirl like to help read or things like that, but I think you need somebody who's not going to sugarcoat the information. Be nice to you. To be nice to you, yeah. You have just somebody to be like, look, to make this the best that it can be, like you got to do this. I remember, and and somebody did that for me. So like somebody tore my shit apart. I mean, this tore (laughs) tore shit apart, but I got so much better because of it. And I I remember my my cousin's um, husband. I love him so much. He he works for big name designers and brands and stuff like that. And I was making a logo for um, what I wanted to make my podcast at the time. And um, I brought him all my mock-ups and stuff like that. And he was like, this is all garbage. And he was like, I don't know why girls keep putting things in cursive. Nobody can read Nobody cursive. Nobody can read it. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's so true. So he wrote, he put a big fat like red X over all of my logos. And then he made me stand in front of a bookcase. And he was like, he's like, you have five seconds to look at this bookcase, right? So I turn and look at the bookcase, five seconds. I turn and look at him. He's like, okay, what words did you read off of that bookcase? And it was like Vogue. He has all these designers, you know? So it was like Vogue, all these designer brands that have big block bold letters, like freaking almost aerial print bold. All caps. All caps, all aerial print bold. He's like, stop doing frilly things. Bold, all caps, simple lettering. (laughs) Yeah. You know, no, I agree with that. So, so I always just remember that that everything that you put out, like above all else, needs to be easy to read. People need to be able to to read what you're what you're writing, um, and whatnot. So I think about that in designing anything. Um, but I did like the cover of the book. Honestly, I just thought the pink needed like some sort of drop shadow behind it so you can see it, you know, on any platform. Um, and I think it's important to look at what your book is going to look like on other platforms. Like I've published things on Kindle and stuff like that, on my kids' stuff, on my kids' book stuff. Um, and you get a chance to look at things in in the black and white or how they're going to appear. So take that opportunity to to do that, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, one thing about this book that <laughs> I thought was funny, but also I would have been, like, so mad – is after she actually they tell her to leave the Serbian club she's like I'll stay with you I love you guys and they're <laughs> like they're like no you better go so she leaves and then 
four months go by and she's like been depressed and not working because she doesn't need to, but she's going now on this writer's retreat she's been thinking about. And Kenny shows up with, who's another spy, but with like this crazy accent that gives her a migraine. Yeah. is another spy who's pretending he's in the, the program also. And like, I would have been so mad that they had been following me around for four months and they saw that I was like depressed as fuck and like didn't say anything. And I mean, I in, in terms of like the story, I guess it makes sense because they had to draw the other guy out so that they could, you know, essentially get her from harm's way or whatever. But as a human being, I would have been filled with righteous fury <laughs> and probably not able to get over it. Certainly not quickly. And it would have helped that Monica punched Asif in the face for tying me up. Yes. <laughs> that would have helped. Uh, and I did actually, one of my favorite quotes was actually what Lane says to her later, which is like, how would you know if you really wanted to be here if you never left? Which I actually think is like kind of a cool thing because they had been just in that boss assistant for three years and only had like a week of being together. Yeah. And they were in Serbia on a mission, which was obviously not like real life. Yeah. That was one, that and was one of my favorite quotes too, by the way. Yeah. Like I thought, I, I think that's a really nice sentiment. It borderlines on my don't tell me what to feel. Yes. Like rage that I feel when I read that in books. But it, I think it, it didn't cross it for me because he wasn't telling her what to feel. He was letting her choose what she felt. Yeah. Which I, well, which I thought was nice. You have a very lovely way of putting it. I thought that it would have made more sense for them once they knew she was in danger, actually, to just bring her back in. They, so they're following her. But that's, not, but that's not, like, her choosing. That's not her choosing. However, they didn't give her I, a choice because she, she how, like, to reach them or for them to answer back or any of that, like, you know... How much choice did she have? Was she could she just be like, hey, they didn't guys. ask her. I know, yeah, I know. They, have, they didn't ask oh. her, but whether well, he was no, he they was, didn't. She, she didn't try to reach them though. No, she. I, I'm pretty sure she had a way to reach them, because she said to him, "I thought you would come after me," but like, but didn't say like, but she didn't say like, I tried to call you, but I had no way to call you. I don't yeah. know. I didn't. I didn't get that sense. Yeah. But maybe that. Maybe I missed that. Well, she. The thing is, she told him before she left, and her her. Like, in that moment where you want to shake anybody in any sort of movie or whatever, when there's all sure. this action going down and they just killed the guy and you're like, I don't want to leave. I love you. I don't want to go. And you're like, bitch, yeah. if you don't get out that door right this, this second, is this, is not, this is not the time. It's not time for a kiss. It's not time for us to, us to find closure. Get the fuck out of this. <laughs> you know? Shani, like, this is an action romance. There's I know. time. I know, Bridget. I know. But I was like, girl, if you don't get out of this door right now, I will reach in this book and strangle you but <laughs> you know but she was all in for it she was like and they knew they talked about it in the beginning of the book that she wanted it they knew the whole three years and Monica kept saying no 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 but they knew that she wanted it you know what I mean and so at the point where they knew that she was in danger it would make perfect sense to the story to me for them to go back and be like yo 
look, you're in danger. We don't want to. We don't even have to be together, but at least come stay at our compound. So that way we know where you are and how it is. And then imagine the shenanigans that could have come in non-sexually while they're staying in the same compound and there's all but this I extra think they tension. Were da- I think they were literally dangling her as bait, though. If she's in the compound, then they don't catch the bad guy. I thought they took her to be bait. Uh, they all came out no, she, to uh, when she, they went to... She, uh, she was bait in like her life and then in the writing retreat so that they could then find the other guy like they were trying to get him to come out and and play set, like so they could capture someone so that yeah. they could find his body was it his bodyguard uh the yeah the, that they caught in in the writers retreat yeah and yeah yeah something like that yeah. um i thought it, i liked that monica was the one who tortured him yeah because she's just a bad she's just a bad bitch yeah. i like her her character is just a character i wanted to see more of like yeah i just yeah i wanted more monica i agree for sure i, liked, and I, monica I liked her interactions with um kiera like i liked when she was basically topping her sexually or whatever yeah. i really enjoyed uh that energy because she has she just has yeah. that that big v energy you know what i'm saying yes she does <laughs> yes she does what did you think about kiera like Again, this goes into that sort of brat dynamic that you were talking about, so maybe that fits perfectly into it, but denying them, like, the ability to touch her until she wanted to. I mean, I am all for people putting boundaries on their bodies if they're not ready for it, Yeah. but hers felt more like a punishment for them and less like a... I, my heart isn't ready for you to touch me yet. It yeah. was more like a, you fucked up so you don't get the privilege of my body. Yeah. I so I thought it was on character for the later Kira um to or Kiera Kira um I thought it was on character for her to do it one time like in the very beginning right to just kind of like a playful punishment type thing um but then like when it persisted like it lasted too long I it thought it lasted too long yeah cuz also I wanted them to fuck more yeah I want yes and I wanted Monica to set that set that shit straight she's the captain of the boat man y'all just crew members but she's you know so <laughs> so i thought yeah, that, uh, i thought the first time would be cute and i thought the second time would have been better if they had kind of broken through that right so she maybe she tried to do it again but they were like no 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 honey this is this so, was about to happen <laughs> so in in the next book she tries to use this again and monica says you can't withhold your body every time you're mad at us for something yeah and she she does put her foot down and she's like this is not an acceptable like we're in a relationship this is not an okay way to like react to bad news or to news that you don't like the idea (laughs) of like that shit doesn't fly yeah and she's like kira's like i guess you're right (laughs) like agreed (laughs) like submits to that logic so it does come to a head yeah i do hope they're um, um if they keep appearing in subsequent books i do hope that they get kinkier in their dynamic. I hope that they get there's more a little bit more of the sex and stuff like that. And I hope Katrina Jackson keeps getting like more and more like pushes the boundaries more and more adventurous with the sex that they're having because I think I think she got a dirty mind. I think she got a dirty well, ass motherfucking mind. And I am let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you about Maya and Kenny. Maya is a webcam girl. Ooh. And Kenny becomes her forced proximity fake boyfriend on the <laughs> webcam. Not forced proximity. I would say fake boyfriend on the webcam. Um, 
and some they do some kinky things for to catch some criminals on the webcam. See, I'm watching. I'm talking about that, but does it fade to black? Like, do they really tell you about all that's happening? I mean, I want to say yes, but I don't. I mean, I didn't read that book recently, so I read it when I originally read this book. Oh, gotcha. So I don't. I don't. I would have to go back and look. I assume it's fairly similar to this, though, because I do. But I do remember, like, I mean, I remember all the sex acts they did, but like, I don't know whether. I don't know. I don't. I assume it's. I mean, it's just the same writer, so I assume it's fairly yeah. similar to this one. Uh, but it was definitely some sexy, some sexy situations. Yeah. A lot of lusting. Well, I like a that lot of tension. Which was great. You know, I love the lusting and the tension. That's, like, my favorite part. So One good. of the things I, the other day, so I don't listen to the radio, like, at all. All of the music I listen to is, like, I've uh, curated playlists upon playlists. My friends tell me about music, and that's, and I add it to my playlist. But I don't go out into the world and, like, listen to the radio and grab music. Um, but I was watching, like, a TikTok or something the other day, and somebody had this Doja Cat song that was, like, it was the equivalent of like InSync's "Digital Digital Get Down." You remember that? Digital Digital Get Down. <laughs> do you remember that song? Just I do not. Just me getting together I on the not, computer but screen. I'm dancing. <laughs> but um, but it's um, I want to get freaky on camera. I love to get freaky on camera. Right? And the whole rap and everything is about like just not being able to be in the same place, but having the hottest fucking sex with somebody like digitally. Um, or whatever. And so with Corona now, I mean, like, I have not seen either of my partners in over three months. Like, Bridget, mm-hmm. you know me. I, I'm a skeleton over here. The drought. The drought, Bridget. It's, it's, I know. It's unbearable. I know. I know. <laughs> I had not one, but two. <laughs> you know? I, and and uh, Sad day. So I'm excited that that you wrote a, like a kind of cyber type story or a story that takes place digitally because it's just the age that we're in where there's a lot more like things like fans only where yeah you know stuff like that where people can access people directly through the internet and I think that leads a lot uh, to be open for some new sexy ass type of stories. Yes. Well, then it is very sexy. Which book is there? And also, as also very very romantic. They're the next book. Oh, they're the next one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Kenny, I thought his friendship with Shantae was so, like, charming. Yeah, it was. And just like innocently, like best buds, like, <laughs> like, like how much like they tease each other, and he's constantly like. Like sheepishly rolling his eyes at her, and yeah, I liked their I liked their dynamic. I like the um, I like that dynamic in general. I like when people have that kind of uh, pestery thing. Yeah, um, yeah, because I think that's a little bit tends to be my love language. Is like, if I love you, I pester you. Like, what you what you doing? What is it? Uh, poke, poke, poke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred uh, so, percent. So I thought it was super cute. Yeah, and the the setup uh, the setup for the other characters to come, you know. It's nice. You're like, okay, I can see what the next stories are going to look like. Yeah. I'm actually sad because Shantae and Asaph haven't, like, she hasn't written their book yet. What? And I'm like, I know. And I'm like, it's time for them to have <laughs> at least, like, closure in either direction. Even yeah. if they don't ever get together, 
they could still have closure. Unless I just like missed it, but I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's just finish up this plot with Monica slow fucking Lane with a strap on <laughs> while he eats Kira. Kiara. I thought it was beautiful. I also <laughs> loved her excitement where she's like, you guys can touch me. You can do whatever you want to me. She's like... <laughs> I thought like, that was such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment. Okay? Yeah. That, that is one of the scenes that makes me say, like, Katrina Jackson, I need you to keep writing. Like, I need yes. for you to keep on, girl, because you're doing something More. that other people More. are not More. doing. Give it yeah. to us. Yeah. But and I love that I love that her reaction too was like immediately wondering like what is it gonna be like when they both fuck me at the yeah. same time? And like I I just I like it. I like it. I like, I like it a lot. It. But can we just throw it back for one second? Because Yes, please. Um when they kill the guy in front of Kiara. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> See, I think Katrina Jackson is really good at addressing the obvious she's like yeah they just killed someone in front of her and that would probably be really shocking so let me insert like a line here to just you know and Kiara's like what the hell they just killed this person not gonna think about it like that was her <laughs> response was just like not gonna think about it and they never talk about it again the fact that she was she was actively involved in the murdering of another human being and she just didn't care we just some people just don't care. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I'd be like, huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go on about it. I'd be like, that's messy. At least they, <laughs> I mean, he died in, in a way that wasn't messy. So at least that's like, you know, yeah. a good thing. It's not like there was yeah. blood and gore and guts all over the place. But yeah, like, I think if I, in my, myself in that position would be like, what the, what the fuck? What the fuck? What what? What what? What what? What what? just pass out my brain would just explode and i'd be like mm. honestly i feel like i'd be really calm yeah like when i'm what's probably all the true. times all the times that i've ever been in like real aggressive heightened situations like that not like someone dying yeah in front of me for murder but like i was in like a bus crash where yeah. we like went off the highway and crashed into a thicket of trees and everyone had to jump off the bus and i was like dead calm yeah i was like hi can you carry can you pass yeah. my bag out the window? Thanks very much. And I like, like, I just get like my body. Like I get so, I think you're right. I, I do actually like, think it would be a calm. I'm so capable. Yeah. And I'm just like, let's do it. Let's figure it. I mean, later I'm like, that was crazy. But like, I think I'd be like, you just killed somebody. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I think I'd be so totally we're leaving it. now. Great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, I did like their, um, uh, sexy little, quips when they were at the club though and the like the little touches and the light touches and stuff like that because i think mm -hmm. that's in real life that's what builds the tension you know like hell yeah in tantra they teach you that you're when one sexual experience ends your first one your next one is starting right so it's mm. it's basically saying like don't have your uh i'll say girl just in this case but like don't have your girl cleaning the whole house doing all the dishes you ain't helping you ain't supporting this process and then you're like time for sex yeah, let's go, baby. You know, like that mm -hmm. sort of thing. It's like all day long you're supporting each other so that when t the time comes for your that thing, you're in the mood. You're both feeling the mm -hmm. energy and the synergy of the moment. You yeah. Know? Actually, because of corona, and I'm sure some other people who are trapped with their significant others are feeling like this, like we're around each other too much. So we try actively to like not be around each other to like get some space. So then we don't have any of that. Whereas like before he'd be at work. So we'd be like texting during the day or 
you know, like interacting, like I'd send pictures of the kids or whatever, like there'd be some sort of like intimacy. But now it's like we're trying to stay apart so that we can focus on work or we can focus on things separately. Um, and I said the other day, I was like, honestly, if it, it like it's the the possibility doesn't feel like it's there. I, I mean, I know it is there, yeah. but it doesn't feel like there's any, even like a slap on the booty. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't <laughs> feel like there is any, like, because we're, and, and, and I, obviously I get this like a weird time in the world. Um, but I a hundred percent, the little touches, the little like, Hey, I think you're doing a good job. Hey, your hair looks nice today. Hey, let me get you a glass of water. Like those things I think are the things that like, like, keep you intimate and keep you connected. And then obviously some like, you know, light stroking on the arm, a little bit of back rubbing, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. Scratch my head, scratch my head. Honestly, I'm going to tell you something, Shani, dear listeners. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a secret about Bridget. I could literally have an orgasm at the hairdresser with so little help. The the act of someone scratching my hair and the sound of it, like I, I don't have a lot of ASMR, but like the sound of it, the feel of it with my eyes closed and like, I don't care, I could be in a salon, but like by the end of a haircut, I am dripping wet. I am, and it's not about the hairdresser. I mean, I've had male hairdressers, female hairdressers, gay hairdressers. I love it. So much. My neck and my head are the most sensitive parts of my whole body. You can rub my boobs all day, my nipples all day. I don't care. But if you start kissing the back of my neck and stroking my hair. Bridget, I am so mad at you right now. <laughs> I can't tell you how, how fucking mad I am at you at this moment. I'm so happy we're having this moment on the podcast. Okay. Why are you mad at me? I was, because how have I never known this about you? Okay. Because... I'm realizing know. now that you don't know something about me. <laughs> because you feel the same way? Well, one, yes. If you t- the My second partner got me by rubbing my head. I have been like, no, no. He's like, we're going to be play partners. It's going to be fine. No worries. I'll, I'll play. And I was like, no, because you, you're my good friend and I don't fuck shit up. So, no. One day I wasn't feeling good and he put his hands in the back of my head and started rubbing it real hard and I was mm. done. I was cooked. Mm-hmm. And I, I went yeah. home next day and talked to my other partner. I was like, so... And this is gonna, <laughs> this is gonna, we won't have to talk about this, uh, or yeah. whatever. And then within like a week, like I, my other partner became my play partner. Now he's more than my play partner, but that's how that happened. But no, that is not what I'm gonna tell you right now. Tell me. I'm gonna tell you right now that I come from the most head rubbing, back rubbing, like choo choo train. Everybody r- scratch each other's backs, like all nine of us yeah, kids yeah. lined up, family. And I love that. We, we see that too. We head rub like professionals, right? And I <gasps> like. Bridget, I am the best head rubber of all time. So, like, I don't know, five years ago, I was going to learn Reiki because I wanted to. I knew that I needed Uh. to be in the healing something space somewhere. And I Mm -hmm. went to learn Reiki. And you know me, I don't like touching people. So I was like, oof, this is not going to work for me. I'm not going to do this. So I decided that I was just going to do Reiki and healing um, on people in my family. But I'm not good at massage. I'm only good at scratching. So... I became, I, I, I joke with my family, I'm be a professional back scratcher. But when anybody in my family comes, cousins, everybody, they strip down from head to toe. Well, this is all the girls, not the boys. But 
The girls will strip down, they'll lay on the massage table, and I will give them a head-to-toe full-body scratch because it is the most amazing thing that you have ever felt in your entire uh, fucking life. And I'm about to I steal you from one. Leo. I'm about to steal I you from Leo because one. you are not ready, Bridget, for the I magic. I literally that I, not that ready. Will, that, that's going to happen on you. I'm li- I... We'll have to have Leo like waiting in reserve so that I can just like hop on that's, top. That's what right you're gonna away. be. I'm gonna be like, and go, Leo, <laughs> and go. Yeah, you're like, I did all the work, Leo. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I'm so into this. I'm so excited. You know that getting scrubbed is like my favorite thing. It's so a, like the at, Korean like, spa. So, like, oh. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. Yeah, every country I've ever traveled to that had any sort of scrubbing, like I was in the hammam every day. In the countries that had hammams, which is the same thing as a yeah. screen spa. Like, I love it. So I have no doubt that I will die of happiness. Oh my god. During you, this, you should have told this. me I will scratch your head all the time. It's like my my little love gift that I give to like oh people god. because I'm good at it. I'm like, I'm good at this. I can do this. And I always scratch like behind the ears and the neck and a little bit. Mm. Like just the, mm. the good spots, you know. And uh like when I do the head to toe, right? So I do it usually for my sister and my cousins. But they they'll line up as soon as they get in the door. They're like, I got Johnny first. <laughs> I got first. <laughs> you know. But I scratch like under the titties and the armpits and the butt crack mm. and all the crevices, all yeah. like all because nobody ever go like, nobody ever wants to show those places the love that they need. The, they don't the bra strap, the, the underwear line, like the rolls. You know what's funny? Get sweaty in there. They do get sweaty in there. You know what's funny about just I was thinking about bra strap is because I've been breastfeeding now for eight months, I have been wearing mostly the tank top bra sort of yeah. breastfeeding shirt situations. And then I have one like actual bra, but it doesn't have an underwire because it is also like a pull down. Yeah. And I'm like, my skin underneath my boobs has never been less like upset. Like it's so happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like painful anymore. It's like, I'm like, oh, like why do I wear underwires? Like, why, who sold me this lie that I had to do this? Like, these... Because I have really big boobs, but, like, yeah. this this bra I wear that's, like, a... The breastfeeding bra is really supportive and comfortable, and it, my boobs look fine in it. Like, it doesn't look crazy. Yeah. The tank top bras don't have enough support. They're also too big now because I'm eight months. Like, they were fine when I had just had the baby, but now they're too big, and I refuse to buy more. So <laughs> that's, a se- that's a separate issue. But, like, the bra itself is fine. Yeah. Uh, so everyone, get out, of your, get out of your bras. That is my PSA for today. <laughs> yeah, I only wear um, one. I, I hardly ever wear bras. Uh, but I have the titty size for that. Uh, I was going to say, you have small boobs. I'm, I'm a 34 I have B. large. Yeah, I'm a yeah. 34 B. These things don't go anywhere. They're ski slopes facing the ceiling. I <laughs> haven't been a B since... And I only... Ninth, probably ninth grade. Probably, you're like kindergarten. No, I think like eighth... Honestly, I think eighth grade. Yeah. I only grade. wear... I only wear the, the very soft spaghetti sports bras that are like almost mm. like you're not wearing anything. And the only reason I wear them is because yeah, my, nice. my nipples make my mom uncomfortable. Nips. That's, my nips. Lit- <laughs> that's literally it. But studies have shown that you could get more stuff, you know, you, you get more stuff in life if your nipples are poking out. So let them Poppin'. nipples pop. <laughs> let it pop. <laughs> Indecent nips for the win. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about an indecent character. Okay. What did you give Kiara for her rating? Okay, I gave Kiara a two because she kind of got on my nerves. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I wanted her to actually fight between the professionalism 
of her job and the little brat. I, w- uh, I would have liked to see that inner struggle for her. But I felt mm. like once they took her on the mission, she went full brat. And I wasn't prepared for that because she had already been in right. this kind of other space. Um, so, That's yeah. Fair. So, yeah. She wasn't my favorite of the, of the three. I gave her three stars because I loved her. She was lusty, funny, tempting, free with her sexual desires, was childish at times, made demands and tantrums. It worked for them. Who am I to judge? But as a character, she was also my least favorite of the three. Um, but I did think she was, because she was the one entering the relationship, I think she was a good one to have the story center on. I yeah. don't think it would have made sense to center it on a different character. So I, I do too. I think so. What did you think about Monica? I gave Monica five stars. Uh, I was so happy that she was the dom of the group. Uh, I really liked the way she controlled everyone and like kept them in check. Um, and also that Kiara and Lane were like the only people able to get under her skin at all. Um, and also fucking Lane with that strap was super hot. <laughs> Hell fucking yeah. Oh man, I gave her I gave her a point for that, boy. Uh I gave Monica four stars. I Ooh. I loved um how kind of no nonsense she was. I loved the energy that just came off of her always. She was the character to me that I really felt the most developed, like and and the most that I understood. Um but I took off a point because I don't feel like Monica would have let this story go down the way that it did. Like, I feel like the character, the character that she is would have been much more methodical in planning out this whole coup and mission. <laughs> did, I don't remember if it happened in this book or in the next book, but Lane said something about Monica being compromised where Kiara is concerned. And yeah. that, like, her reasoning, her normal, like, very, like, reasonable, repro- like, she can't do it because Kiara's involved. Yeah. That was uh, that was okay. this book, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't disagree with that, but that this mission was super cray. But <laughs> again, it's action romance. It's action romance. romance. <laughs> All right. What did you give Lane? I gave Lane three stars. I liked Lane. Uh, I liked I liked the way she set him up as this kind of like country boy with the draw just the swag that he had. And mm-hmm. and it and it made sense with Monica. Because it was almost like an opposite to track thing. And even the way they talk about um, him uh, pursuing her, where she's like, no, 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 I'm focused on my studies. I ain't here for the boys. This ain't happening. And he's just like, okay, well, I mean, I'll get in where I fit in. Like, he just had that yeah. kind of, you know, and no didn't seem like a hard answer for him. No was like, a, I'll see you later. Or you know what I mean? And so I, uh, I just thought that um, I, I loved him. I felt like in love with him as a character, as a character I want to mm-hmm. see more of. And I would like to have reprisals come later, even if it's little clips of them, you know, like they did in like the Black Dagger Brotherhood where you saw the, your previous they couples. Are, they are in the future. Yeah. They are in the future yeah. books, for sure. What uh, did you? I, I'll, I'll, I gave him four stars. Uh, the charm, you know? Yeah. Be still my heart. I love charm. I loved his devotion to Monica. I loved at the beginning they were talking about, you know, after he met her and he was like, this is it for me and I'll follow her anywhere. And one day she told me I needed to stop being so risky. And so I did because I'll do whatever she asked me to yeah. do. Um, I like that she accepts him. Like, I feel like 
there's a lot of a lot of people who have his like big dick energy yeah. could not accept being the beta. Yeah. And I love that like in all their missions, when they talk to the other spies, when they're out, like even talking to the dictator and he's like, I want to touch your pet. He's like, sorry, bro, you got to talk to my <laughs> wife about that. Like, I just I just liked that dynamic well, and I thought he was great. Well, I, I, I thought she did a really good job of making a guy who did not feel like a chauvinist did not feel like an alpha male, but she also didn't make him no punk. You know what I mean? Like, right, he right. was a good... Yeah, he wasn't a beta in, like, in like the like traditional beta. Like, he was wimpy yes. or he was passive. He was he was an alpha, like, separate from her, but in the in duo, the, he was Exactly. It was like, he felt yeah. very... He, and, and, and you really... I really loved the, what you said. Like, the way he responded to Monica, like, he loves his wife. This is my wife. This is, like... There's nothing better to me, and I don't think, I mean, any any woman who likes guys and likes this kind of energy, whatever, but, like, there's nothing sexier to me than a guy who's really strong, but he's soft for you. Like, you mm-hmm. see him be a dick to other people. You see him, like, you know, do business and this and that, and, and the energy is just something different. But for you, you're his woman. He's going to do whatever it takes to make you happy and, and, yeah. and all that stuff, like, that to me is sexy. That shit is hot. And Lane had that. He had that like, yes, I could go fuck somebody up, but like right here with my wife, this is where my softness is. This is where my loyalty lies. This is she's mm-hmm. you know, we're in this together. Everybody else is, you know, and so I liked that they had that dynamic so much. I you know, one other funny thing about him I liked was that he was always like complaining about how dumb criminals were. <laughs> they need a Upgrade their security systems. Goddamn criminals are so stupid. Like, and everyone's just like rolling their eyes at him. Like, we get it. Like, criminals are bad at their yeah. job. I just thought that was so yeah. funny. Uh, all right. McDreamy to McSteamy. What do you got? I said that they were a McThruple of McLusties. Because <laughs> they were some lusty motherfuckers. I mean, I appreciate that this was the first time they had sex after three years of like literally lusting and pining after each other. Um, But like that level of sex cannot continue over a lifetime. (laughs) Like those people were fucking and ejaculating so many times a day. That's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot, Shani, even for me. And I Uh, am a lusty mofo. uh, Well, that is a lot of fucking. It's a lot of showering. It's a lot of, it's just a lot, like your sheets. How often are you changing your sheets? It's a lot. But I get that in, so they're in McLusties. That's why they're the McLusties for me. Got you. Uh, well, for me, they are uh, McSteamy, but I want McMore. Uh, <laughs> I thought the book was um, was definitely not vanilla. I thought the book was kinky. Um, kinky as fuck. Um, and I thought that the heat level was a four you know like they they were doing nasty things they were starting off at a high level of nasty it just did it yeah. just didn't last that that is all but gotcha. it was it was pretty nasty and i was like and i could see i'm like come on katrina come on katrina i'm rooting for you i'm rooting for you we were all rooting for you <laughs> you know like i'm just like give me the sex please you know uh but yeah i did think it was steamy uh, did you have any favorite lines in the book? Um, well, <laughs> this is not a sexy one. Um, but uh, one was one you said earlier. But this one was me, like, 
an example of what she said in the book that was Katrina Jackson justifying what she said, which is, um, Kiara goes, why not take another agent with you? And I was like, yes, yes, take another agent with that's That's a very, she's giving you good advice here. She's giving you good advice. And they're like, well, we don't always work well with others. And literally, I, I put the book down right there and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, come on, civilian. We don't work well with spies, so we're just going to take a whole noob. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did have a lot of laughs in this book. And a lot of and a lot of outbursts of me just putting the book down and going, What? <laughs> I already sort of mentioned this one earlier, but my one of mine was, Do you want me to fuck you knowing she's downstairs with your coffee, organizing all your files perfectly, just the way you like? As he's like grinding up on her while they're fighting. And I was like, the first of all, the fighting with the adrenaline yes. and then the shit talking mm-hmm. and then him talking about them fucking while thinking about Kiara, I was like all for all of this. Um, and then this one you'll appreciate because she does say this. You're supposed to be the best spies in the world. If you don't know that I wanted you before this mission, I'm going to have to question your credentials. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good line. I thought that was good. That was a good line. I, I like that one a lot. Did you have a favorite review? I did. Mine is from Lee Kramer, rated it four stars. Could any of this actually happen? Not likely. Did I enjoy it anyway? Absolutely. Such a fun, sexy read about a polyamorous spies and the admin they love. And I was like, yep, sums, sums it up. It up. <laughs> plausible. Plausible? No. Did I love it? Yes. Would I read it again? Yes. <laughs> um, I read a review from somebody who's uh, uh, on Goodreads who does not use this account anymore, so I'm not going to say their name. There were a few obvious typos and grammatical errors, but I can overlook that because it's an indie author. I, Shawnee, agree. Uh, the sex... <laughs> I agree, but you're gonna, we got to get you an editor. Uh, the sex scenes weren't as amazing as other reviews suggested, since most of them were pretty fade to black. They'd initiate something, and then the chapter would end. But they weren't horribly written like other erotica I've read. I totally agree. I love the characters so much. Uh, four. These are all bullet points, by the way. I wish the relationship between the FFM were more established and they had an open communication about how they were going to be with each other. They kind of just jumped into having sex and then at the end, it's left pretty open. However, it's still obvious they still love each other. And number five, Lane's sexuality could have been more obvious because it just says they have men or women in their beds and it's not elaborated whether he was attracted to the men or not. Now, this last comment is... I don't agree I don't, with that I at all. I don't necessarily agree that we need to know what his sexuality uh, is. In fact, I mean, but not, not knowing leaves it a little more to the imagination. Um, I guess, but I was... I mean, the way she said it was like they shared everything and everyone. Yeah. Like, he was fucking the dudes. I imagine that they're both... They're both bad. And also... <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, yeah, and he also... Like, clearly likes being fucked with the strap. So, like, I don't know. I, I, when I read it, I, I thought he was for sure by slash Polly. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like inferred that. Inferred. Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, I guess, I, I don't even know how you would have, I mean, how much more explicit do you need to be than like we shared both men and women partners yeah. together? So this- I guess you could theoretically, how do you share a man but not, have sex with the man. 
I mean, share. Like we couldn't, we couldn't share. We couldn't share a sexual partner without both having sex with that partner. That wouldn't be sharing. That would be like. What do you mean? Me give, being. Give there. me an example. I'm, I'm confused. Like Lane and Monica, yeah. if they are sharing Kira, yeah. Kira, then they're both having sex with yeah. her. But so if they're if she says that they shared both men and women partners, then he would have to be sh- having sex with the guys too. Yeah, that's how I read yeah. it. Yeah, it it has right? to be. Yeah. And yeah, this, this book okay. is that's this how book is freaky. And they're freaky. They yeah, they're freaky. It's, it's, it's game on. It reminds me of Quinn uh, when he was like in, in the Black Dagger Brotherhood when he was like he was like we were in the bathroom, hands were touching. People don't know what hands were going where. Yeah, we didn't know <laughs> hands were moving. What <laughs> you know? Whatever. Oh my god! I just watched an episode of New Girl where Schmidt. I don't know if you ever watched New Girl, but one of the Schmidt was trying to convince Nick to have a foursome with these two chicks at a wedding, and Nick's like. <gasps> I don't know. And Schmidt's like, everything will be like blurry. He's like, I don't want things to be blurry when I'm having sex. I want them to be sharp. <laughs> oh, so good. So, so good. Uh, I love content. Yeah. All right, Shani. Decision time. Worth the read? What Ooh. did you think? How many stars did you give it? For me, this was not worth the read. To me, I would not read this book again. Were you interested enough in any of the other characters to read the next one or no? Uh, if there was a book about a prequel about Monica and Lane... Yes, I was interested to read that. But to read this book again, I would like to hear it on audio, audio though. I would, I would listen to this book again. I would not sit down with it in my Kindle and, and, get, and get through it again. Because I think I just ingest things differently, auditorily speaking, than when I'm, yeah. when I'm reading. So I feel like it's a little bit unfair because I think I'm stunted in my reading now that... I feel like it's a little unfair to the authors. The flow that they might have intended, I don't think I am uh, achieving. (laughs) Achieving. (laughs) Well, I gave it four stars. I thought it was definitely worth the read. I also read the other books in the series, and they're all like very much like this. Very fun, very sexy, very fast. Uh, Totally check them out. They're also like... Because she's an independent author, it's not like you're buying a ten dollar Kindle. That is very you know, true. Or ebook or whatever. It's like ninety nine cents or a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, you can read the books uh, and support an indie author, and uh, also have some fun, sexy times. I, I especially like. I would say if you enjoy like action romance, obviously if you like a thruple, some kinky friends, like you know if you if you like fast paced romance. Like, I, this book for me is very fast-paced. Um, you know, if you're, like, someone who really likes a 400-page historical, this book's probably not for yeah. you. But if you are someone who likes that sort of, like, vibe, then definitely I would 100% recommend I this. would agree, because this book is definitely out of my um, favorites. It's not... It's actually one of... The, it's, the genre is one of my least favorites. Action and Adventure is one of my least favorites. Um, I do yeah. think I can be unbiased when I'm reading, but who knows? I, I could be wrong. Um, I mean, I for sure, I for sure rate this genre higher than I would like a historical, I don't know. Historicals for instance, just because I like the action more than I like the historical. And I like the ritual and pomp and circumstance of, uh, you know, I'm more about like the, Ooh, there's a drum. Ooh, (laughs) sexy times are happening when they shouldn't be. I don't like being titillated. (laughs) 
<laughs> you like that slow, slow, yeah. slow. I would, I, I would say if someone really likes action uh, and stuff like that, yes. Do I think that this author herself is worth a read? Yes, I do. Um, I think that I would like to see where she goes um, in the future. I'd like to see more from her. I'm interested to see more from her. I'm interested to like follow the journey. And honestly, for me, the the one thing about this book that, and this is very like just personal to me and super biased, um, but one, it's the character, the main character is brown. So I'm already like, woo. She's she's mm-hmm. in a polyamorous situation, which I am, you know, and you just don't I don't get to read stories like this. Like I don't. And the mm-hmm. fact that I didn't like this book bothers me. I'm like, why? I didn't <laughs> I didn't like this book. I wanted to like it. Um honestly. But yeah. but I but she's so new to me, like her writing is so new and it reads so, like a new author. And but every time she, she seems to be getting better and better and better. So for me, I'm like following the journey of this author because I'm like I want I just want to see where you go. I just want to like be a looky loo on the sidelines and shoot. Call me if you need some design help. I don't know who's making your covers, but just e- email me, man. I will help you because I have an invested interest in seeing you rise. Uh, well, I mean that's all we have for today. That's all we have for today, friends. I'm gonna let Shawnee serenade us out on this one solo because the delay is no 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 really no you got harsh in my no, vibe. No, I'll start it, but you gotta you gotta finish it. Okay, okay, okay. You'll know when it's your cue. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> well, that's all we got. Yeah, that's all we got. So may your books be your lover. In your hand, your best friend. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.